Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. It is almost as if we are all actors greeting each other. bodies with the thoughts and feelings we create in our minds Seeing things in this way I feel a desire to only have those thoughts and feelings which help me to feel better about myself. These feelings are like energy 
it reaches out and touches those around me. that can create a pleasant, peaceful environment in which I live. And which I share with others around me. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was Tranquility from the meditation CD, Brahma Kumaris, which I think is available at any of their meditation centers. There are over 9,000 branches in 120 countries, so just Google them and give them a visit. If you happen to be in any one of those 120 countries and thousands of cities across the globe. As we charter through these very profound times in our history, some of us are being called to the awakening, some of us are being called to stay awake, some of us are not even hearing the call, (laughs) but despite whatever category that you might find yourself in, we are all still grappling with the struggles of how we show up in the world and how we feel about ourselves in the world and and the way that we um, wish to perhaps be um, in, in, in a, at a much deeper level. There's still thoughts that are maybe very deeply embedded in the subconscious. There's something that sometimes comes up ever so often or maybe it's at the base of the way that I live my life where the soul doesn't always feel that it's enough. And it can um, walk around for many decades or many lifetimes carrying that recording or that vibration. And to continue with that whole experience, imagine thinking you're not good enough and then feeling a sense that you just don't belong. You don't belong with your family. You don't belong in a country. You don't belong in a religion. You don't belong in 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 a group of people. You don't belong with certain places and jobs. All of that is still coming that something still inside of me isn't complete. 
we're never going to get it exactly perfect, but who am I to really project the blame on someone else when it's really me that has to step up and start to really figure out the energy that I'm carrying as a person and to be able to find the truthfulness, the courage, and the purity to forgive the soul for some of the thoughts, words, and choices it has made. And at the same token, to accept that there's a suspicion, there's a deep suspicion that it's almost as if it's all preordained and pre-recorded. <laughs> and, and for the life of me, there are certain things that I will do or say and ask myself, why would I do that? And why did I do it? And you feel like it's just something deeply ingrained in the narrative of the soul that's already there. And on occasions, I've mentioned what it's like when an actor gets a role and they're given the script. And in the script, the character is already designed. And yet when the actor begins to play that character, they put life into that character. And I believe we're all born with a script. And I know that's the teachings of the Raj Yoga meditation that I've had the fortune of experiencing for so for so many years. And there is a script, and I am playing out that script. And it's not that it's just ordained and it's just what it is and there are no changes, but in that script, I think it expresses the kind of a shape or form in which I can articulate a message, you know, Actors will use one line, and they can offer you 10 renditions of how that one line can be communicated. And I suspect since we're in this cycle of living that there might be some of those one-liners that we are stuck in, and we are trying to give it the best presentation possible where it reveals a deep sense of enoughness, a deep sense of belongingness, a deep sense of acceptance of ourselves with the intention that I'm moving on and I'm moving forward. And where we look at the energy of forgiveness, we look at it whereby sometimes we're just struggling with accepting that the person wants to offer their forgiveness, but I don't give them the opening to do it. Or the other way around, I want to offer my forgiveness to someone, but they're not opening the doorway to do it. And when two people bump into each other with that energy, you've got still a roadblock. No one's moving anywhere forward because no one's opened to accepting, well, what is it in me that needs changing? What is it in me that can play this sentence out better, can do this a little bit better, you know, that's why they give out Oscars. That's why they give out, you know, Emmys, is that the actor was able to convey the the narrative so profoundly that it touched our lives and perhaps initiated change. Today, it gives me great pleasure to welcome a very special guest, Anna Holub, who teaches forgiveness and recovery from addiction. She's also a counselor, an author, and a poet. She's an educator. She holds a BA in Peace Studies and an MA in Dispute Resolution from Pepperdine University's School of Law. And as an expert in the field of forgiveness and reconciliation, Anna was honored as a champion of forgiveness by the Worldwide Forgiveness Alliance in 2018. She's a frequent speaker on peacemaking, recovery, and the essential world of forgiveness. 
and her books include Forgive and Be Free, a step-by-step guide to release, healing, and higher consciousness, The Edges of Friendly. She has also created four online courses, including Addiction Recovery and Complete Healing. Today we welcome Anna Holoop to American Meditating Radio. Hi, Anna. Nice to have you. Hi, Sister Jenna. Thank you for having me here. Our privilege. You're doing some amazing work. And before we dive deeper into discussing the important topic of forgiveness, I'd love if you could share with our audience a little bit about your background and what was it that called you to focus on this work in forgiveness and reconciliation? Sure. Well, most people teach what they need to learn, and so I'm one of those. Mm. And in my childhood and when I was growing up, my family was one of those families that looked really good on the outside, but had a whole lot going on on the inside. And what really touched me a lot was my experience of growing up with my mother who had deepening mental illness. So she was very depressed. Sometimes she was manic. She was hard to understand. She was also a very loving and brilliant woman. And she was a good mother. And yet she was struggling inside her. And she killed herself. So as you can imagine, that was a devastating experience for myself and for the rest of the members of my family. And at that time, I was 53 and eight and a half months pregnant with my first child. And I was also on the outs with my family. I had made a lot of decisions that they didn't understand, including committing myself to a spiritual path. And the whole thing, they just couldn't relate to it. So when my mother died, two weeks later, gave birth to this beautiful baby. And it was a very confusing and um, disruptive and really grief-stricken time of my life. And yet I had to show up and be a mom. And I was a single mom also. And I didn't have any money. And so I really dove into my spirituality as the thing that was going to keep me sane and help me mother this beautiful girl. And yet it took quite a while to understand and find a path where I could heal. And Mm -hmm. so this healing path actually took many years, but eventually it brought me to forgiveness in its expanded radical form. And I became a student of a man named Colin Tipping, who recently died, actually, and um, he's a wonderful man. He was the person who taught me about forgiveness as a healing path. And so much moved inside of me and inside of everybody who is working with this form of forgiveness. I was really impressed by it, and I got really passionate about it, and I learned from him and started to use it and teach other people about it. And then I went off a bit in my own direction and... um, just got deeper and deeper into it. I had already been teaching uh, various forms of peace education and violence prevention. And then when I got into the forgiveness work, I knew that was it because it was so deep and it helped me to really heal those places that were still in despair about my mother and her death, her illness, and what it was like to be a child growing up with a parent like that. 
And I want to say to the audience that maybe not you, you had an unstable parent, but if you parent that was at all addicted, then it's a very similar experience for a child. So sure. when the parent is, is available and then not available and available and then not available, it's super confusing. And that's why I needed to learn to, to let go of that deep trauma. So that's sure. what I do now with other people. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because as children, and this is just us being in our very human conditioning, which is a natural part of our growing up, that we do turn to our authorities, our mothers, our fathers, our aunts, our uncles, our grandparents, and we learn from them, one, on a vibrational level, which means everything that they're going through we're picking up, and we think that's the way to be, or we think that's us, two, the words that they speak, um, how that either elevates or hurts us, and three, the actions that they perform. And it's natural for us to grow with that tendency and then maybe when we're in our 20s or 30s, you know, we start to go deeper because we start to go through our own life experiences and we might be using some of the tools that we watched and learned and realized they are not working. And then we go into that deeper work. So many of us may say that we forgive someone or something, but yet there is something that still lingers and there's the memory of that bitterness or that experience. Can you share with us what it actually really means? And I know this could be like a process of a vibrational level, but for you, Anna, what does it mean to forgive? And can you maybe elaborate on the importance of forgiveness at a personal level? Yes, it is a process, and it's something that we can learn. Forgiveness is a skill we can learn. And like any other skill, we need to find out what are the components, how does it work. We need to practice. And so I have realized that forgiveness isn't just something I do in one area of my life and then call it good. This is a way that we can actually walk through life. And it doesn't make us weak, by the way. People have a fear about forgiveness. Well, if I really let go, then that person's going to be able to hurt me all over again. And that's not what I'm suggesting at all. This radical expanded form of forgiveness, which I sometimes call ecstatic forgiveness, is really about being very, very honest inside of ourselves with where is it that I or you are not feeling peaceful? Where is it? What is the thought? What is the feeling? Where did that come from? Where was it born inside of me or you? And it requires that we become very aware of our thoughts, our feelings. And then the forgiveness process is really about how do we lay these burdens down? How do we make an offering to the Most High? Whatever that is for you, whatever, however you understand your source of life to be, we can actually make an offering of these burdens that we've been carrying and we can breathe them out. We can let them go on a very deep soul level so that we make room for more light, more love and more intuition. And we can learn how to do this. And once you learn it, you have it for the rest of your life. It's free inside of you and you will need to use it because 
life is challenging on this planet. We're on a duality planet. So things are always going to be popping up. And like you said earlier about the narrative that's already there, the script. Mm -hmm. So we're walking along, and I have often wondered, okay, so did I come in as a soul to this life into this set of circumstances that was already here in order to challenge myself to wake up and find love throughout everything and anything that has happened. And that's a radical notion. That's why it's called radical forgiveness, because there are lessons inside of all of these things. Even the worst thing that's ever happened, there are deep spiritual lessons for us. And we won't find them unless we slow down, tune in, become very, very honest with a lot of compassion and review and say, what is this feeling inside of myself that is so difficult? You know, it's so upsetting on any level. And then, and then the forgiveness part is to say, all right, I don't need to keep this for the rest of my life. It takes a lot of trust because we have to have some place to put it down. Because if we don't, we're just going to recycle it over and over and over. And we, Pretty much all of us know what that feels like. Oh, I'm doing of course, the same thing again. Course. That's where I. That's exactly what I was going to say, Anna. I think that the work has to do with our attachment quota. It's like, okay, the situation happened, the event happened, they said what they said, they did what they did, or I said what I said, and I did what I did. But some of us find it hard to let go of that experience. And I found that sometimes it's not necessarily just the event that happened or the way you looked at me or the way you treated me. That's one thing. But it's the way we tend to attach the interpretation of what happened and feed it at a level that we might even be unconscious about. It comes up as a thought. We bring it up in a conversation. We find people that support our stories. And without us knowing, we're feeding the attachment of that experience, and so it's making it much harder to move on. Now, there are certain people who have done maybe actions that seem that they were so dramatic. For example, individuals in prisons or in the juvenile justice system. And you're working with those individuals, and you've found that people are generally remorseful for the offenses that they have committed, Have you found that their process of forgiveness differ from an average person who has never maybe taken the life of someone or violated somebody? Or is it like the same? Have you noticed that observation? Well, you mentioned the word dramatic. And the way that I see this is that our upset, our lack of peace, And our journey to peace is the same. But it's like a a fractal. A fractal is is a a mathematical equation that if if you look deeply into it, it will be the same but on many levels, like on a tiny level and then on a middle level and then a huge level. It's all the same. So that's what we're working with, I feel. So the people that are in prison that have done terrible things, and I don't want to at all minimize the amount of violence that we as human beings are capable of committing to ourselves 
against Mm -hmm. ourselves and others. And so I don't want to say, oh, no problem. You know, you went through this horrible thing. Let's not let's not really deeply have compassion for it because we need to. But then when is it over? When do we get to be done with it? And I have found with working with people who are incarcerated, some of them are remorseful and some of them aren't. It's really we get to see a soul progression. You know, people come to a certain readiness, whether they're in prison or not. We all have our prisons. Some of them are physical and some of them are mental or emotional. So when we are ready to release ourselves, we need help, first of all. We need help from our spiritual connection to the Most High, the Holy One. I do forgiveness with connection to spirit. Some people don't. I don't know how I could do it without it. So that's how I do it. And when we are ready, whether we're in a juvenile hall or in a prison or walking around down on the street, we know it on a soul level. We just say, oh, my gosh, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something more than this. There's got to be something more than me just feeling depressed or anxious and recycling my pain over and over again. And forgiveness is this doorway. It is an escape hatch. But we need to open it. We need to take responsibility and go in there into our own mind, our own heart, and our own past history and say, all right, what's festering in me? And how can I open this door and let this out and make an offering so that it can move through us and then we can have the benefit and the healing and the grace of Mm -hmm. the oneness coming through us? And it's actually pretty simple to do. As long as we realize there is a way, there is a way out of our own sorrow and our own hatred. Right. And right that's now, a good we absolutely need it. Yes, we do. And that's a good technique that you've offered us. And I think it really has a lot to do with the question to really check the self and be sincere enough to accept that maybe you don't feel so good or maybe you feel great and you want to share it with other people But to really ask the question and to go into that place while you're walking and moving around, while you're going through the emotion, and sometimes we're just not able to um, pay attention to what needs attention. We end up feeding the distraction more than really what the need is. Maybe we feed the want more than the need, and and that doesn't fill the soul um, at a very deep level. How would you respond to someone who might be afraid, who is afraid, rather, the conflict may happen again, situation might emerge again? Why should they forgive if the other person may do the same thing again? So this brings us to that there are two levels going on, many, many levels. But to simplify, there are two levels. One is the forgiveness which happens on a spiritual plane. And it doesn't require anyone else's behavior to be different. It requires that we want to be free. And we want help from our, our creator to be free. So the forgiveness happens on that level. On the human plane, I never suggest to anyone that they should be around anyone that's not safe for them to be around. So if you're in some kind of toxic relationship, you need to get out of it. 
I've done a lot of work with men who have abused women. I've done a lot of work with women who need to leave abusive relationships. And of course it can go the other way as well. And I never say, Oh, we'll just forgive and stay there. You can do the forgiveness whenever you're ready, but you also on an earthly plane need to take care of yourself. So of course you don't want it to happen again. I mean, this is commonsensical. So the two things are working at the same time, but they're on different levels. And if you need to make yourself more safe, either emotionally, physically, any kind of way, financially, then go do that. And I would completely support you. And that doesn't mean that you have to hold the anger and the resentment and all the bundle of sorrow and discomfort that this relationship has brought up in you. Part of the lesson in the thing that was so difficult is how do we find our connection to love? That's what we want. It's what's real. So in order to do that, we have to do this um, process of deep, deep letting go and receiving of light when we're ready. Mm, I get that. And sometimes that just takes us, some of us a little bit longer than sooner. And maybe, actually, let me reframe that. It takes us longer because I'm looking at it from outside in but it could be just the perfect amount of speed and timing for that person. So let's talk about what's the connection between, let's say, forgiveness, emotional healing, and addiction recovery. Is there one? Yes. I find that this particular aspect of addiction recovery doesn't get talked about very much. So I have been very interested in it, and I have a course an online course that if you're interested, you can check it out. It's about addiction recovery with forgiveness because a lot of the recovery that we try to do, um, if it's only surface level, it's just not going to be deep enough to heal that place. And addictions are not just to uh, an opiate or to alcohol or a behavioral addiction. There are many, many kinds, but they're also subtle addictions. And I've come to realize that anyone with an intact ego, which is just about everybody, has some sort of addictive behavior, even if we're just addicted to an image that we're offering to the world or we're addicted to needing to be right all the time. So the addiction process is something that needs to get unwound. And if we don't go to the very root of it, to the very pain that gave rise to the addictive habit to begin with, we're never going to heal it. And that's why we need this active forgiveness process that helps us so much to just say, ah, what is this thing? I really want to be done. Sometimes I say, do you have a PhD in that sorrow or that pain? Like, have you had so much experience? You've done it so many times. You know it perfectly. There's nothing more to learn about it. Therefore, let's let it go. And when we do that, we find that we can really recover from this addictive kind of behavior or thinking. And that's why it's so important because these emotional places, these mental stuck places, they're all what gives rise to addiction in the first place. So we have to climb backwards through 
time and space to find out well, what was that, that deep feeling of, of not being cared for, not being helped, or a deep disappointment that may have happened in life, or feeling of betrayal from someone. You know, these places that are very, very tender and poignant inside of our own heart and mind. And sometimes it's something that you or I have done that we feel so shameful about that we just don't know how to handle it. So we cover it up with the addictive behavior. So these things are linked and they can be unwound by the the beauty and, and the softness and the caring of the forgiveness process and the trust that it takes to trust this love, this divine love that can heal us if we will let it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that very much. So um, in terms of as we move forward, you've done a lot of work. The world is the way that it is. You've authored great books. You've met a lot of people. What do you think might be the one thing that we really need to do as a collective to move forward? Is it forgive? Is it love? Is it meditation? Is What do you think is that one thing we all seem to need to do that you've observed it, that we all hold in common to help us to move forward? I don't know that I could pick up one thing because these things are married. They're intertwined. So... Meditation is very important because we need to learn to slow down and really observe and be honest. And once we do that, then we need this forgiveness doorway so that we can open up into something new and different. And then we need the healing, once we make the opening, the healing to come in so that we can work together. We need to be able to work in teams in a healthy way because we have to clean up this planet. Otherwise, there will be nothing that we will leave for our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. We absolutely have to open up to our intuition so that we'll know where to be and how to serve and where to go at what time. So we'll be in that flow and we can work together fast. So all Mm. these things are, are a way to live in the world. We have to live in the world in a way that's open-hearted. I guess mm-hmm. if you want one thing, I just came to it. Live in the world with an open heart. Oh, that's very beautiful. What a beautiful way to close our conversation. Any websites that you can leave our listeners with that they can get in touch with you and learn more about your work? Yes. My website is com. That's A-N-A-H-O-L-U-B, be like brother, dot com. A-N-A-H-O-L-U-B dot com. So that's an overview of all of my work, how to get a hold of me. If you're interested in the online courses, you can go to www.clearpathtopeaceacademy.com. Clearpathtopeaceacademy.com. And that's where the courses are. That's fantastic. Anna Holub, thank you so much for your work and wishing you all the very best for this year and beyond. Thank you, Sister Jenna. Thank you so much for your beautiful work as well. All the very best. So, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here and the importance of forgiveness. Really, it has to do with, I think, really, as Anna was saying, check how you're feeling, what you're going through. 
in order to move the process forward. So if you want more information from Anna, go to her website at annaholub.com or clearpathtopeaceacademy.com for more information. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we really are here to love each other the same. As I've been asking you all year, begin to pause every hour in the hour for your traffic control. Hold 30 seconds of inner peace and outer peace, and let's collectively contribute to the planet more love, more peace, more kindness, and then run your corporation, then run your country, then run your family, then come up with inventions, then get dressed beautifully, then go shopping. Just keep incorporating this energy so we can last much longer on the planet. Here's inclusion. Sorry, here's Fearless on Inclusion Revolution Meditation Album, available on iTunes and Amazon. Take care, everyone. In my consciousness. When I'm walking and moving around and interacting with others, I'm off guard. And I forget what's sitting at the base of my consciousness. External influence can trigger internal realities. But in this very special moment, I choose to allow a sacred courage to emerge as I, the soul, travel through uncharted territories of my inner being. So in this moment, I, the energy of light, the being, the soul, give myself permission to let go of any fear that might be surfacing. Because in this state of sacred trust and sacred courage, I am not alone. In this awareness, I realize I haven't lost anyone or anything. I don't need to think too far ahead or too far behind. I am present here for me. Sitting in this state, I have the ability to overcome any fear that surfaces in thoughts. And being in this present state, there's the feeling of absolute stability, expansion, silence. in a state of being fearless. In this state, I seek no desire. And when I maintain my sacred courage, the past is automatically released. I'm aware Being of energy, 
imperishable, immortal, eternal, born from a pure awareness of God's light. I'm never alone when I remember I'm a child of the Supreme Being. I'm immortal, eternal, imperishable, and I'm fearless. Om Shanti. I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.